The question I was being asked on Monday was, I, I must have got dozens of texts. Are you really sick or are you just saint sick? Is there a difference? Was there a difference Monday? I mean, if I was just saint sick, would I have known the difference? Yeah, I would have known the difference. I was really sick. Maybe it was part, partly because of what I had to watch, what we endured on Sunday. Maybe I was taking one for the team. I don't know. But it was definitely a sickness. But I'm back, baby. I'm all here. I'm all in. And I know it's belated, but I still got I still got it. I still got the feelings. And it's coming out in the dime. Uncle Big Nick's here for picks. This is going to be one hell of a Thursday show. Coming up next on Datitude. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello, 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 hello to all my friends who have made it four days and they're still pissed off. You know what I'm talking about. You know damn well what I'm talking about. 26 to 9, boys and girls. I wasn't here Monday. Doesn't change the way I feel about it. Still pissed off. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Picayune, the advocate at bet.nola.com. This is Datitude, a delayed, belated, whatever word you want to use, Datitude podcast, episode number 174 for a Thursday, October the 5th, 2023. You know, um, yeah, I, I really got text, I, maybe not dozens, but I, I got more than a few from people wanting to know, you know, What's going on? I haven't called in sick in probably, I'm trying to remember, I was trying to think about the last time I called in sick. The last time I'm sure I called in sick was when I had COVID the first time. Even when I had COVID the second time, I mean, I was working from home and I didn't feel that bad and I just worked from my office and stayed away from regular Joe Blow. You know, and then the third time I got COVID, nobody gave a damn. I don't even remember what happened. I, I honestly don't remember that the third time I had COVID, it was like I had a little sniffle. And I think the only reason why I took a test was because it was kind of going around. I'm like, ah, oh, maybe this, oh, yeah, the sniffle's COVID. Go figure. And uh, whatever. No, don't, don't, I don't need anybody to write me telling me how, you inconsiderate piece of jackweed. This is not what this show's about. Um, I don't remember. I might have stayed home. I work from home. I really don't get out very much, to be honest. I'll, sometimes I'll force myself to leave to go eat lunch. But that's what I do. So anyway, so don't, keep your text and your know, howls to yourself if you're one of those people. I don't, I don't feel like hearing that today. We got other things to talk about. Um, yeah, how sick was, you know, the old Johnny Carson thing. I was sick. How sick were you? This is what I would relate it to. Okay, you're trying to figure out how sick I was or what kind of sick I was. And if you're older than 38, 
you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're not older than 38, you're unless you're just oblivious to the world, you'll understand where I'm getting at, what I'm getting at. All right, imagine um, coming home after Hurricane Katrina. Okay, I don't know how long you were away from your home. You know, maybe you didn't live in New Orleans then, or maybe you don't live in New Orleans now, and you just listen. I mean, we've get, we're getting listeners from all over the world. And I'm not exaggerating. We had Australian Abu Dhabi last week, so I get that. But you know what I'm you you know what I'm talking about when I say this. Imagine coming home from Hurricane Katrina, and you haven't been in your house for three, four, maybe five, six weeks. Okay. And what is the worst thing? <clears throat> there are a lot of bad things that we had to do after Katrina. But honestly, I think if you polled most people who didn't lose their homes, by the way. I mean, obviously, if you lost your home, there was way worse things than this. But if you didn't lose your home, and this includes, like, tearing out sheetrock and having to, like, redo the end. What is the worst thing that you had to do? I would say cleaning out the refrigerator, right? I mean, a lot of people just taped it up and put it out in the curb and whatever. I mean, I, and so and also I know there's a lot of people who live in St. Charles Parish who... They had to do the same after Ida a couple years ago. But I think cleaning out the refrigerator for just the average Joe Blow or Juliet or whoever it is was cleaning out the refrigerator. Now, thank God after Hurricane Katrina, I didn't do it. I mean, I'm going on a, on a long roundabout story here. My, my good friend Adriana cleaned out my refrigerator at the time. Anyway. If you remember cleaning out the refrigerator or being around someone who was cleaning out the refrigerator and imagine taking something out of that refrigerator before you threw everything away and eating it, imagine how you would feel, not even right then, a few hours later. That's what I felt like Monday and Tuesday. Mostly Monday was, was awful. So you can kind of figure that out where I'm going with that. Anyway, so that's, I, you, if you think it's Saints related, sure, maybe. But I, but I don't think so. That's, I, I don't even think the Saints playing the way they played could make me feel that way again. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but it was bad. Uh, I didn't get to the dime I hadn't scripted the Dom because I think we're doing better without scripting it. Um, but you know what? Here is the Saints game in a nutshell. And it, I find this interesting. What I normally do is even when I record the, uh, the, the post-game press conference, I usually use the Saints version because it's cleaner. Um, and so I take it from the Saints YouTube site. I'll put it up. Uh, we'll put a, a lot of times, if, if we have the players from the other side and we recorded them, I'll just take those and use those. But in this case, the Saints edited out the most important part of the press conference. In fact, this part of the press conference, which says it all, okay, from Dennis Allen, you never get him to say anything. He finally says something and the Saints edited it out. Um, maybe it, they conveniently hadn't started there microphones yet but I find that hard to believe because they also the first like five seconds of their YouTube interview is silent found that interesting no one said that 
because everybody, you know, all the TV stations had their own uh, recordings anyway. I, th- I, th- I think only one of the stations used it. I don't remember which one it was. But this is a recording that I'm probably going to use again because when the Saints lose and they play like they played Sunday, which is going to happen at least three or four more times this year. I mean, let's be realistic. I mean, if you think this is the last time that the Saints are going to play like they played this past Sunday, I mean, it's one thing to lose like you lost the week before in Green Bay on a Monday night and you gave the game away in the fourth quarter. It's another thing completely to play like you played Sunday when you knew, even when you were up three to nothing, I mean, let's be realistic. Raise your hand if when it was three to nothing, you thought the Saints were going to win that game. Stop lying. I mean, realistically. I mean, of course, this, you, yeah, the Saints have a chance to win. We're going to get to the reasons why in a minute. But to me, this clip right here will be reused on this show because if I can't get, if, if no one can get Dennis Allen to say what we think, um, then we'll just use this clip because it's from his mouth and it absolutely says how the Saints played on Sunday. Okay. Um, we got our ass beat today. Um, unacceptable. Um, obviously, nobody's happy about it. Um, and we've got to be. We've got to be better. Now, I apologize for the lower quality of the audio. I mean, not that that really matters. I mean, but honestly, that's the most we've ever gotten out of Dennis Allen. Like, did someone inject him with truth serum? That was the most, that was beyond the, well, except when he bitches about the refs, which he, I don't think he's done this year yet. I mean, he, he said a couple of snide comments about refs, but other than that, it was like someone gave the dude truth serum. We sucked. I mean, it was, you know, I would have liked him to say a little bit more, and I would have liked for the Saints not to have um, edited that out. Why they would edit that out, I have no idea. And I would have much rather them say this. The Saints ain't good enough. And you guys shouldn't write about us being a playoff team and all that bull stuff. That's malarkey. We ain't good enough to beat those guys, and it was proven out there today. It's that simple. We're not good enough yet. We got a long way to go. We got a lot of work to do. We're close, and close don't mean... And you can put that on TV for me. I'm tired of coming close, and we're going to work our off till we ain't close anymore. And it may take some time. We're going to get it done. We aren't in there. We aren't, we aren't good enough. They're better than us. Black and white, simple fact. Could have, would have, should have is the difference of what I'm talking about. The good teams don't come in and say could have. They get it done. All right? It's that simple. You know, the difference between that speech... Back in 1987, hard to believe. God, it's hard to believe that's, what, 35 years ago, 36 years or whatever. Hard to believe. But the difference between that speech and today is the Saints were on the precipice of being a really good football team for, for a while. This Saints team's going in the wrong direction. There ain't a woulda, coulda, shoulda. Because they're not playing good enough to be called woulda, coulda, shoulda. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not the San Francisco 49ers of 1987. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a team that's going to be floundering around 6-11 and 11 when the season's over and wondering if they're going to get a top 10 NFL pick. 
And if the Saints keep playing football like they played on Sunday, they're going to be the same team. Truth serum. We got truth out of Dennis Allen on Sunday. Where has that truth been? And is that same truth inside the Saints locker room? I want to know. Don't give me roses and sunshine, Derek Carr, about Pete Carmichael and tell me we love Pete. You might love Pete because he makes a good chili or because he knows how to make a banana split, but he don't know jack about calling offenses. There's a reason why I called them what I called them last year, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start off this year with a clean slate. Maybe he needed a year of coaching under his belt by himself without Sean Payton there to figure things out. And the first couple games of this year, even though the Saints didn't do great offensively, I'm like, you got a new coach. Give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt anymore. I'm with everyone else now. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And Dennis Allen's, oh, we're not going to make any coaching changes. You know, I'm tired of, well, that's what he's going to say. I mean, what is a coach going to say? Your ass is on the line too now, buddy. Your ass is on the line. Because this team has no business, and I mean zero business, being 2-2 two and two right now. This team should be 4-0. They haven't played an opponent that's better than them yet. That includes the Packers a couple weeks ago. Certainly not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are awful. I don't give a damn what their record says. It's week four. You are not what your record says you are. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are awful. They won't win seven games this year. And if they do, it's only because this division is so god-awful that someone's got to win seven games. I thought because of the schedule this year, and I don't mean just the Saints' schedule, I mean everybody's schedule, I thought there'd be multiple teams that would win more than nine games. Vegas thought it too. Now I don't know if any one of them, I don't know if any of them are going to win nine games. But don't sugarcoat crap. Don't give me sugar. Don't give me that. I, I mean, I'm trying not to use really bad words here. It's a family podcast still. Every now and then I slip and use one. Trying not to. But I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off because no one's taking responsibility. Everyone has. Look, the answer isn't always positive. Don't give me positive when there's no positive to give. Dennis Allen gave me 10 seconds of truth serum. Does that make things better? Well, it shows that you at least acknowledge the problem. But then after that little we sucked thing, he goes and just basically kind of defends his coaching staff. We're not going to make any changes. Well, you know what? Don't make any changes. This is your last chance to be a head coach. It is absolutely 100% Dennis Allen, your last chance to be a head coach. If you screw it up, no one's ever going to give you a chance again. The New Orleans Saints are loyal to a fault. 
Had you been in about 25 other places, your ass would have been fired already. You're a great defensive mind. Your defensive unit has gone through stretches when they've been absolutely dominating. The last five quarters have not been it. But your offense has sucked for 16 quarters. There hasn't been a single quarter out of 16 that have played this year where you can say, you know what, that offense looks damn good. I don't care that Alvin Kamara was gone the first 12 quarters. He was back Sunday, and he looked okay, but your offense looked like crap. And while we're on this subject, who made the moronic decision that it was a good idea to start Derek Carr on Sunday? You got a $7 million backup quarterback who might not be as good as Derek Carr, but I guarantee you he's better than what we saw on Sunday. Derek Carr couldn't have hit the broad side of a barn with a beach ball from 20 feet away. Why? Because he's got a sprained AC joint in his shoulder. What's the number one thing when you talk to doctors Oh, you can play with a sprained AC joint. Sure you can. But what does it do? It takes away your accuracy. Oh, you don't need accuracy if you're quarterback. Well, Drew Brees threw for five touchdowns after he got his sprained AC joint. He's Drew Brees! You're not Drew Brees. I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off because it's stupidity. It's common sense. Does anyone in this organization have common sense? Imagine had I been on the air Monday, what I might have said. I've been holding it in. I've been thinking about it. It's just common sense. If your dude doesn't know how to call plays, then stop having him call plays. If your quarterback has a sprained AC joint in his shoulder, in his throwing shoulder, and it's going to keep him from being accurate, and you got a $7 million backup on the bench, use the goddamn $7 million backup. It's not that hard. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. I just don't get it. And then use Sean Payton's team as an example. And go back to the end of last year with the Denver Broncos. Their defense was playing outstanding last year. You couldn't do anything on the Denver Broncos. The problem is their offense sucked so bad. The defense finally got tired of it and said, you know what? I don't feel like working my ass off so we can go 5-12 and 12 and play like crap. That's kind of what I got out of this defense on Sunday. We're tired of carrying the load. You know what? We're, we're just tired, period. And that's what they were, tired. No excuses. I mean, here, here, here's some numbers for you that we never got to go through. I'm sure you've seen the stats right now. But the one that jumps out at me, and it jumped out at me Sunday, Derek Carr, we talked about his accuracy. I don't give a damn that you were 23 of 37, which is whatever. I don't even know what the percentage of that is. 23 and 23 is 46. So obviously, way better than 50%. But... He needed to hit the broad side of a barn with a beach ball because that's the only thing he could hit. 23 for 37 for 127 yards. 
127 yards. At one point, and I don't have this sheet in front of me, but I remember the number distinctly. At the end of the third quarter, he completed 16 passes for 78 yards. That's absurd. And you can't blame this on the offensive line. I thought the offensive line played their best game of the year. And you know what? It wasn't close. He got sacked twice. Carr did. And then Taysom got hit, sacked another time. But, it, I mean, that was partly because he's Taysom and doing Taysom things. So, in essence, there were two sacks, which they cut it in half. I thought the protection, I thought Trevor Penning has improved now two games in a row. He's been better. I thought he was much better against the Packers, and I thought he was even better against the Buccaneers. So I have nothing bad to say about Trevor Penning. Can't blame this one on the offensive line. But you can blame it on two things. Whoever decided to start Derek Carr and Sean Payton's little clipboard holder. Baker Mayfield is an awful quarterback. 25 of 32 for 246 yards and three touchdowns. Passer rating of 116.9. Why? Because the defense is freaking tired. What else do we need to know from this game? 353 total net yards of Saints, 197. 197 yards. The time of possession wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was. I thought it was way worse than this. 31-11 to 28-49. You can't blame it on any outside forces. Not a single outside force. The play calling is horrendous. The coaching in general. The coaching in general is horrendous. There is no emotion whatsoever on this football team. None. Three and out, they walk off the field. Seven and out, they walk off the field. They kick a field goal, they walk off the field. They take the lead, they walk off the field. No emotion. None from anybody. Dennis Allen saying we got our ass kicked is the most emotion I've heard from anyone in about two weeks now. You walk around the locker room, it's a lot like it was towards the end of last year when Hardly anybody wanted to talk to you. And the ones that do talk to you are just going through the motions. That's on you, my friend. That's on you. That's on the coach. If your team plays emotionless, that's on you. What have you done for the past two months? Your last chance to, to coach a team. I still, I mean, I don't know why. Maybe it's something innate. But I still think Dennis Allen can be a good coach. I really, I know that, I know that sounds blasphemous, especially after what I just went through—the tirade that I went through. But this organization—I've said this before. I've said it before today, on this show already today. This organization is loyal to a fault. They had to be forced, and I mean forced, to fire Jim Haslett. They had to have Katrina and three and thirteen and had to be forced to fire Jim Haslett. If Katrina doesn't happen, and that 3-13 and 13 goes 8-8 eight and eight again in 2005, Jim Haslett doesn't get fired, 
and Sean Payton never comes to the Saints, and the Saints never win a Super Bowl. And Drew Brees probably doesn't come here either. Not probably. Almost certainly doesn't come here. <clears throat> Jim Mora only left because he quit. Think about it. Mike Ditka got fired because he was insanely, ridiculously inept. Think about how bad Mike Ditka had to be to be fired. Saints fans endured three years of it. This organization from top to middle to wherever you want to go is loyal to a fault. There are times when being loyal to a fault is a good thing. There are times when it's not a good thing. So, in other words, Dennis Allen, if they go 7-10 and 10 again, probably not going to be fired. It would be close. I don't know. If you go 7-10 and 10 with this schedule, you're bad, man. You were, the Saints might never have this opportunity again in the next 10, 15, 20. They're not going to have a schedule this easy again for like at least 10 years, maybe longer. It doesn't get any easier than this. In the world of NFL schedules, this is as easy as it's ever going to get. That's why I say the Saints have no business being two and two. You could see one slipping away like Sunday. You could almost make an excuse for last Sunday or whatever. Yeah, last Sunday. They played Carolina on a Monday. You, I think I said Monday earlier when I talked about the Packers, whatever. You knew what I meant. I'm not going to edit it out. You could almost make that excuse. They were coming off a short week. Their car got hurt. He had to come out of the game. Give them a pass. You should never blow a 17-point fourth quarter lead, but you know what? I'll give you a pass for that one. You ain't getting a pass for Sunday. There ain't no pass. The only pass you're going to get is in Disney World when you take your kids next summer because you don't have anything else to do because you don't have a job. No excuses. Will this organization do anything about it? Will Dennis Allen do anything about it? With his ass on the line, will he do anything about it? Nobody wants to make in-season changes like that. Nobody wants to do that. Pete Carmichael probably is a nice guy. He's probably a hell of a dude. I don't know him. I've never met him. I probably only walked past him maybe like four or five times in my life. He wouldn't know me from Adam if I sat next to him at a Piccadilly. Wouldn't know me from Adam. And so it's easy for me to sit here and well, it's not easy, actually. I don't enjoy talking bad about someone, especially someone I don't know. For that matter, I've only probably said 50 words to Dennis Allen, and they're all asking him. I asked him a question Sunday. And I, I, I didn't play it here because it wasn't. I would have played it if it were Monday today. It's not really relevant. The question I asked him was because I wanted someone to ask. No one was going to ask. We went through the entire press conference. The, the media keeps giving him a pass. They're finally starting to ask questions now a little bit. Even my own friends. I asked them at any point Sunday, during the game, not before the game, whatever, not in hindsight, none of that crap. During the game, did you ever think about putting Jameis Winston in? I got to know. Basically, no. 
I think he might have said one. He stopped and he paused. He didn't say no right away, which means he, he did think about it. But stubborn. Coaches are stubborn, man. Even the, the great ones, the greatest ones of all time, stubborn. Coaches are stubborn. They don't want to admit when they're wrong. You put in Jameis Winston at any point in that ball game, you admit you were wrong for starting Derek Carr. Look, let me tell you something. Um, sitting next to Zach Ewing the other day at the game. Zach was giving me the business a couple days before the game because I was saying if the Saints made this decision in a text group, I said if they actually went through with this and started Derek Carr, they're morons. I said it before the game. I didn't say afterwards are there more. I mean, I did say it afterwards, but I said it before the game. You start Dennis Carr. I mean, start Derek Carr, you're a moron. There is zero. Re I don't care if Derek Carr goes out there and is 28 of 32 for 350 yards with three touchdowns and the Saints win by two touchdowns. You're a moron if you start your franchise. And I mean a moron. If you start your franchise quarterback, your $40 million a year quarterback that you're married to for the next four years, and he's got a sprained it all, he can't hurt it any worse than it is. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. Sure you can. Sure you can hurt it. Because guess what? Even if you medically can't hurt it, what's going to happen? And you saw it throughout the entire first half. He was afraid to get hit. He was afraid to get hit. He wasn't taking a shot. He was getting rid of that ball way faster than he had to. So his accuracy was already down. And the fact that he's throwing the ball like, like if he gets hit, it's the end of his career that quick. I mean, Chris Olave is wide open down the right sideline. Should have been six points. Average Joe quarterback, and I mean any average Joe quarterback, completes that easily as a touchdown. At the bare minimum, you throw it at least bad enough to where he can catch it and he can still fall down at the 25-yard line and you got a first down deep in Tampa Bay territory and you're setting the tone. Couldn't even do that. Hit the turf. Couldn't complete it. If it's longer than 10 yards, he ain't completing it. Goes to show with the stats that I just read a little while ago. It doesn't take rocket science, boys and girls. It doesn't take someone who's been coaching in the NFL for, for 25 years to figure out how stupid that was. If you start Jamison, he sucks. Guess what? You still lost. Then all the Jameis haters can say how much they hate Jameis. That's what we, that's what we, I could sit here and say, you know what, maybe I was wrong about Jameis. But it still would have been the right decision to start him, even if you put Jameis in and he sucked. It's not hindsight. 26 to 9 isn't hindsight. It doesn't take rocket science, it doesn't take a genius. But it does take someone other than Pete Carmichael to call plays for this team to be able to do anything this year. I am now convinced of that. So what do you do? Do you change to Ronald Curry? Well, I mean, I don't know that that's going to do any good. I mean, I guess it's worth the shot. 
give them a game or two and see what happens. But then you're taking away. Then, I mean, do you keep your offensive coordinator and say we're stripping him of his play calling duties? I, I don't know. I mean, what good is an offensive coordinator if he doesn't have play calling duties? I mean, Lord knows he was offensive coordinator in name only under Sean Payton. Because, I mean, I'm sure he was great during practice weeks. And I'm sure he had great ideas. But having great ideas and be able to sustain it over a course of a 60-minute football game, two different things. And this dude has some good games every now and then. There are games when I say, you know what, that was a well-called game. They're few and far between. There have been games when I thought he's done an okay job. But we go back to outsmarting yourself over and over again. Where was Taysom Hill on Sunday? They tried to use him a little bit, but they went away from it again. You were determined to get Alvin Kamara in there as many times as possible. Hold on one second. Got to get the playbook again. Alvin Kamara targeted 14 times. He ran it 11 times and was targeted 14 times. He caught 13 passes. He caught 13 passes for 33 yards, 2.5 yards a catch. That's ridiculous. Taysom Hill, four carries for 10 yards. You outsmarted yourself again. Taysom Hill, one catch for seven yards, one pass for 13 yards. He touched the ball six times. That's stupid. Oh, I'm sorry. There's no other way. Those aren't words you should use. That's not very nice, Terry. Stupid. You only use Taysom Hill. You only use a healthy Taysom Hill six times in a game. Dumb. But they know what they're going to do if they put him in. I don't give a rat's ass if they know what they're going to do or not. They knew what Taysom was going to do when you put him in against Carolina. Didn't matter. Doesn't matter. Quit outsmarting yourself. Do the crap that works. Dennis Allen, your ass is on the line. You keep going with Pete Carmichael, you're going to ride the train out of here with him. Y'all can go off to Disney, Disney World next summer because you're not going to have a job. This team is loyal to a fault, but if you suck that bad, even they got to fire you. Ask Jim Hazlitt. Ask Mike Ditka. At some point it comes down, if you're that bad, even the Saints will fire you. And you keep riding the train of the Pete Carmichael train, you're going to get fired. That's Derry's dime. I don't know what else to say. I mean, that was about as long-winded of a pissed-offness as I can think, but it deserved it. This is all the stuff that I would have said Monday. I probably would have been even more harsh. I'm sorry if you had to turn the volume down because it got too loud, but I don't know how else to say it. That's who I am. If you don't agree with me, you never, you haven't made it this far in the pot. You turned this podcast off a long time ago if you don't agree with me. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a tough concept. It really isn't. If you suck at your job, you're probably going to get fired. Now, look, I'm not going to go out and call anyone out because I like my job, but there's been many times, I guess, in my, my own profession 
where I've seen people suck and be lazy and make it through and find a way and whatever. It doesn't work today. Not even in my profession. If you're lazy pretty much anywhere, uh, maybe not anywhere. You can be lazy in some restaurants, I guess, and lazy in fast food joints and lazy in some service outlets because they don't have enough people that want to take those jobs. But I know in my job, I know in my gig, if you're lazy, you ain't going to make it. You're just not. If you're lazy in the, and I'm not saying, I don't think Dennis Allen or Pete Carmichael lazy. I think they're trying, but they're not good at their jobs. Again, I think Dennis Allen, I really believe he could be good at his job. I, I don't know why, because the record doesn't show it. I think he could be good at his job. But going the, the route of the Saints way and being loyal to a fault is going to get you fired too, my friend. You got to realize you might like Pete Carmichael. You might think he's the nicest guy on the planet. You may feel sorry for his family. First of all, if he's been a coordinator this long, he's probably got a lot of money. You don't want to tell somebody to hit the road, especially for a job he probably didn't want in the first place. I mean, Pete Carmichael, let's, let's be real. I don't think he really wanted this. I'm pretty sure he didn't want this job in the first place. Now he's got it. He's, I mean, he's hanging on for dear life. But, dude, I, I mean, if I have a job and I think that I'm going to get blank canned, stuff canned, if I don't let this guy go who I think is a nice guy, dude, you're gone. I don't care if it's the middle of a football season, it's March, it's, it's the 4th of July, it's Halloween. I don't, I don't care. Dude, if my job's on the line, you got to go. Dennis Allen, that's where you are right now. You don't let this guy go, you're gone. This team will not do anything special, to, and I'll come back and eat every single word that I spewed over the past 36 minutes or however long it's been. Every single word if I'm wrong, but I ain't wrong. Someone else doesn't call the plays and this, this team doesn't get better and you don't start, stop being stubborn, you're gonna, you'll be lucky to be a D.C. again. You'll probably be a D.C. Someone will probably give you a D.C. job somewhere because you are a great defensive mind but you'll never be a head coach again. This is your last chance. And the Saints are on the road to 8 and 9-ville, 7 and 10-ville. That's what they're on the road to right now, even with this easy schedule. You think you're going to go on the road this week and play New England and Bill Belichick, who's in a worse position than you're in, not only do they have one fewer victory than you have, but they're in a way tougher division. They got Buffalo and Miami to deal with. You got Atlanta and Tampa Bay to deal with. They have to win this game or their season is done, done, D-O-N-E, done. I'll make my prediction on the Saints uh, tomorrow with Larry Holder. Today, 
We're talking best bets with Uncle Big Nick. I have gone on, spewed on as long as I can. Uh, Uncle Big Nick is going out of town this weekend. He is going to see the Tigers play the Tigers. LSU and Missouri on Saturday in Columbia. Yeah, that is a fun plane ride. Not. Um, he's going to visit Mizzou. And uh, he is not nearly as pissed off about Saints losing as I am. That's because he doesn't care about the Saints. He's a 49ers fan. Speaking of the 49ers, they come up in this segment. Uh, we will finish this show, uh, wrap it up. We'll see if we have a song today. I may just use the song I always use with Uncle Big Nick. I pretty much said, I I'm talked out. Now you can see why between the sickness and everything I was feeling inside, there you go. I mean, I don't know how to be, how to be more blunt than that. But I know how to give you my picks. We're going to do it right here. Well, I'd rather be making picks than do what I've been doing the last two days, which was being in bed. So it's good to be out of bed. And I'll look, I'll even take two, two and threes over being over the, what happened to me the last two days. So anyway, yeah, I'd take that too. Anyway, it was not a good week for either one of us. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't good either. I want to be bragging about, we both went two and three. I was minus six in the week. You were minus 24 in the week for the year. I'm 12 and eight. It's $55 ahead. You are 9 and 11, minus 58. But again, I have to do this every year, it seems like. I have to, let's throw out the first year. If we throw out the first week, you're plus 10 on the, week, on the season. Well, you know, you kind of just jinxed us last week. You just said, well, what if we both go 5 and 0? Oh? Then we both went on the 500. So let's not say that time, this week. For the first time and who knows how long. Yeah. yeah. All right. We, I won't say anything except I, I am going to jinx myself with my first pick, but I'm going to let you go first. Uh, you're, you're back. In your lane, staying in your lane, you're all college this week. I'm all pro. All is right with the world. I'm not going to jinx anything by saying we're going to go 5-0. and But by God, we're back on our lanes. Tells you all you need to know. You're okay, before pick. before we start picks this week, I do have to give you some props for last week. Okay. But I gave you my Penn State pick of the under. Yeah. I said that James Franklin has a, covered 11 in a row. Yeah. And you said, why don't you just take the spread if he always covers? Yeah. That's because I didn't think Northwestern was going to score. Northwestern didn't score that much. James Franklin, with two minutes to go, ran a fake draw play up yep. 21 sure to did. score a cover the spread and go over the total. I wasn't going to so, bring that up, but yes, he did. I, re I really should have took just the spread. I wasn't going to bring it up. When it was 10-10 at halftime, I was like, look at me. I'm a genius. F Jim. He don't know what he's talking about taking yeah. the spread. What is he talking about? Well, I love <laughs> You had one bet in particular that I was actually upset. You know how I say I promise I'm going to stay in my lane. Uh, my first 20 picks are all NFL, but there was one college pick you picked last week that I absolutely loved. I wish I would have joined in on the party. If I would have taken it instead of my stupid money line parlay, putting too much faith in the Saints. Um, Kentucky? Kentucky. I loved yeah. Kentucky last week. That was my favorite college bet of the year. My favorite year. college bet is the one I didn't make last week when I texted you right after the LSU game and said, take the LSU over next week against Ole Miss. And then both of us yeah. thought it was too easy. And didn't even yeah, exactly. It. We overthought ourselves. <laughs> I think we both thought that was a great, that was too easy to be true. 
Well, yeah. I guess it wasn't. It was Aunt Mabel. Sometimes she's right too. So yeah, I mean, she, she got to make the fruit pie. Some I, kind of I guess she does. All right, your first first pick is a money line pick, and it's for fifteen bucks. Fifteen gets you thirty-one if you win it. I'm just gonna say I'm shaking my head. And I don't know about this one. I don't know about this one either, but it's the Red River Shootout. I like this Oklahoma team. I don't think Texas is all like. Texas is pretty good, but I don't know if they all great and worth the hype. So I'm taking the Oklahoma money line to upset Texas, just like Texas upset Oklahoma last last year. Yeah. Well, it's 15 plus, to win 31. Yep, plus 210 on the money line. Um, that makes me nervous, and the reason why is because, look, I've said for a couple of weeks now, a few weeks, I think Texas is going to find some kind of way to get into the playoffs. I said if they beat it out, if they beat it. Sound like my my kids. If they beat Alabama, yeah, exactly. They beat Alabama. That's my song of the day. Uh, uh, if they beat Alabama, I said they would go to the playoffs. I'm sticking by it, which means they have to win this game. Because if they lose, they're out. They can't afford two losses for sure. Doesn't uh, it seem like every year it's like Oklahoma and Texas, both of them, one of them starts off really really good. Yeah. And then we both, everybody's like, oh, they're going to make the playoff. Then they wind up knocking each other off. Yeah. That's what I feel like is going to happen here. I will say this. I think that's good value. And, you know, I'm always looking for value. So I think there is value there, plus 210. Uh, if they played it. I just think, I think seven. I mean, they're getting seven is too many points. Yeah, if they, played three, if they played three times, I think Oklahoma would win one. So I think plus 210 is a, a decent number. If Gabriel didn't play in this game last year, then yeah. Gabriel, like, I think he's going to be fired up to play in this game okay. this year. I just... All I right. like the spot. Not one I advocate, but I don't necessarily hate it either. Like I said, I think there's good value there. I probably would stay away from it. But you're the college expert. That's why I'm sticking to the pros. Speaking of the pros and jinxing ourselves, I promised you a jinx, but I'm only going to jinx myself, not both of us. Um, I am 4-0 in my best bets this year when I take a total. So I'm going to start off with a total. I like the over. The over 48.5 in the Giants-Miami game. Um I wanted to take the Giants so bad. They're plus 11. I love, I love the Giants. This they're week. plus 11, and every Aunt Mabel and Drunk Joe on the planet is betting on Tua to have the comeback of the, you know, they're going to come back. They're going to destroy the Giants. But here's the thing. If I take the Giants and lose this game, then my quote-unquote prognosticator card is revoked. I can no longer ever be called an expert ever again because I took the Giants. So I just can't do it. I mean, I, again, I like the Giants. I think they're going to cover, but there's no way I can do it. I do think they're going to fight hard, but I just don't think they can stop the Tua train from getting back on the tracks at least somewhat. I don't think they score 50, but the if, according to Vegas, this score will be 29 to 18 or thereabouts. So the Dolphins need to score uh, 29 or more, and the Giants would need to score 18 or more. I think the Giants get to 23. So... Um, I'm not ready to take the Giants team total either. So I'm going to go over 48 and a half Giants at Miami. And uh, remember, I told you I'm 4-0 in my best bets in my total. So that's that's sure to lose by me just saying that. 37 and 25 this year in my totals overall. That's picking every game over-unders, 37 and 25. That's pretty good. So uh, Yeah, that's not bad. 60%. We'll see if we can keep it up. Anyway. There, there, was, two, there was two, game, two pro games I almost picked, and it was – this one, and I don't know if you had the other one that I almost picked as Pittsburgh. I actually did. That is on the card. We'll, we'll, we'll see where I go with that in a little bit. I'm not going to tell you just yet. Your next yeah. pick, you have three $22 picks in a row. We'll start off with the fighting Wolverines in the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan has, didn't cover a game the whole By time. By the way, Harbaugh they play Minnesota. They are 19-point favorites. 
Yeah, Michigan didn't cover a game the whole time Harbaugh was gone. Harbaugh comes back, what they do? They cover. Yeah. Like I, Minnesota is not going to score against Michigan. Minnesota is absolutely terrible this year. And I can't see them scoring enough to be able to that row the boat and keep up with this Michigan team. So, so can I ask you a question, the same question I asked last week? What? Why not just take the under? Why not take the, the under? You could do it to me again? No, I'm just asking. It's a simple question. I don't even know what the over-under is. But why? I'm just asking. <laughs> <laughs> Screw Jim. What does he know? Michigan. Yeah. I will say this. I like this pick, though. I think... If Michigan, it happens again and you did it, I'm changing it on the fly <laughs> next week. I'm telling you that right now. I'm calling right. an audible. We're doing a mulligan, and I'm going to okay. just change it. All right, we'll say this. Um, one thing about Harbaugh is he's an asshole. So if he gets any chance to run up scores, he doesn't care what the score is. He's going to yeah. score any chance he gets. So uh, I agree. I think Minnesota is mediocre at best. Um, so And Michigan is, to me, head and shoulders if you take out Ohio State, they're the best. Head and shoulders, the best team in the Big Ten. I'm gonna tell I think you, the best team anyway. But we'll talk about that later on. Michigan, the over under is 45 and a half. So, yeah. so you I think, think Michigan may score, score that by 41. themselves? Yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe. But I, I do like I like that pick. I'm not. I don't know if I'll bet it, but I like Michigan minus 19 over Minnesota. Again, that's 22 to win 20 uh, regular straight spread bet. All right, my next bet. I said the Denver Broncos a couple of weeks ago were dead to me if they uh, if they didn't cover against Miami. Well, not only did they not cover, they lost by fifty. So I mean, that, you know, they're supposed to be dead to me. But last week went back to them with an over under. They hit. I mean, we knew neither one of those defenses was going to stop the other team. Here is a case of, oh my word. Everyone's talking. Maybe Zach Wilson isn't that bad. It's the oh, case. I'm, I am so <laughs> sick of this one week bull blink. One week, it was like one, one half. One half, whatever it is. I mean, all of a sudden now, Zach Wilson, maybe he's not that bad. He sucks. He's well, terrible. Joe Namath said he was okay with him now, so we good. Oh, yeah, of course he is. I mean, give me a break. Look, Denver's about to hit a stretch. Listen to this I mean, strike. to be honest, he was just showing off for Taylor Swift. Well, what? you want to talk about a desperate football team that absolutely has to win this game? Listen to Denver's schedule the next four weeks after this one. Kansas City, Green Bay, Kansas City, Buffalo. Um, yeah, ouch is right. Piss off. I don't know, but if they don't win this How game, you gotta play Kansas City two out of three weeks. I don't wow. and, right early in the season, and so if they don't win this game, they're staring like one and seven right in the face. Um, I think. Look, Sean Payton is one that understands these things, and he's also a coach that he tends to play in streaks, even when he has mediocre teams. Even those eight and eight Saints teams and seven and nine Saints teams. They would they would start they would go like a two and three two and four patch and then they'd win like three of the next four and then they'd go back to being mediocre. So I think he feeds off of this last week. Also Russell Wilson, by the way, I'm giving him a lot of grief. I got got to give him credit here. He is fourth in the NFL so far this season. Nine touchdowns and two interceptions. He's fourth in the NFL in passer rating. So uh, right now, so far, that's going to drop when he goes through this stretch. But I think against the Jets and I like Robert Salas' defense, but. I think that uh, the Broncos maybe have their best game of the year to date before this ridiculous stretch they've got coming up. Yeah, I agree with 20, this. 22 to win 20, by the way. Yeah, I looked at this too, and then I thought everybody would be on the Jets because of Zach Wilson. Everybody, oh, they are seeing what he did at, the, at night. You know, it's just yeah, it's like it's like eighty percent Jets as as our as we record no, it's, this. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, it's like nobody remembers anything but the week before. 
it's right. it's it's amazing, especially when works. it's a standalone game. Yeah. Speaking of that, we're gonna go and to all your the next... Swifty, all the Swifties, would all the those. Swifties. Yeah. All, your, your next pick, uh, by the way, uh, is kind of along those lines. I guess everybody be jumping on the Ole Miss train. I love this pick. Old uh, Arkansas is getting eleven and a half from the uh, the Rebels. Couldn't you just see Lane Kiffin laying an egg in this spot? Oh, no doubt. I have, I have no doubt. So, I mean, coming off that big win, they rushed the field. I mean, come on, really? Yeah, like, exactly. LSU ain't number one. Like, it's, they don't I know don't how to I – I don't know what it is about Ole Miss that drives me insane because I really shouldn't give a rat's ass about them because they're usually irrelevant. Um, so right. I don't know why they bug me, but they do. They're like that pesky little cousin that comes over three times a year, and you just want to punch him in his face. I mean, that's yeah, really, no matter how old he is. Like the yeah, exactly. Old. You're like, get off of me. Get away from me. And then you get in trouble for hitting him because you're like, you're 14 and he's 11. But he yeah. just keeps on tagging on your shoulder and giving you a little poke. They only the catch time. it when you hit him and not when he hits you exactly. first. Exactly. So anyway. That's what I like to Did me. you see I, the, the guy, the video of the guy running on the field, like yelling at the LSU player, F you, F you, F this, oh, no, F that. that. It did once the LSU player like knocked him on the ground, he started crying. He was like, Oh my God, I can't believe he touched me. Like, you've been in his <laughs> face the whole time, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Though. That's what yeah, we'll miss. This exactly. So anyway, yeah, I, well, just, I, like I, I just, I mean, 11 and a half, that's too many points. And I, I mean, I know Ole Miss is at home. I, Wouldn't surprise I me this, at all if Arkansas won. Exactly. And I, Arkansas is, not that bad. Rocket Sanders is coming back. Um, we've seen what Arkansas did to the LSU defense, and Ole Miss's defense ain't much better. Yeah. So I, I could definitely see this. I got this later on, too, one of my biggest bets later. So. All right. Well, 22 to win 20, Arkansas plus 11.5 over Ole Miss. I concur wholeheartedly. I'm all over that pick with you. All right. We, you asked about Steelers-Ravens. Here it is. Uh, I'm all over the Steelers here for multiple reasons. Uh, it's an auto-pick, Steelers, for me. Yeah. Uh, it's golden rule. The Steelers at home getting four division dog uh, playing at home. Division dog playing at home. I used to be an auto pick, but not as much anymore because you, you just it's not quite the same. Doesn't hold up. It used to be division dogs would cover like seventy percent of the time. Uh, well, home field advantage ain't worth as much anymore. No, it's not. It's really not. But here's the, here's the stat for you. Okay, um, how many times do you think Mike Tomlin's teams? He's been coached since uh, twenty. 07, and I'm glad I'm doing this because as I'm reading this, for some reason I typed in 2017. But he's he's been coaching the Steelers since 2007. How many times do you think he's lost by 14 or more? Sure. Na, na, Not, no more than 10. Na, na, uh, it's more than that. It's 21. Last week was the 21st time in his career. That's still not a lot, though. I mean, so you're talking about uh, just a, li- a tinge more than one per season. Okay? That's not a lot. Um of those 21 times, obviously one was last week, so we don't know what the result's going to be this week. One was at the end of a season. So the other 19 times, do you know what his record is straight up the week after losing by 14 or more? Cue the Jeopardy music again. I've read this. I read this this morning. I found it on my own. I have no idea what the what the stat maker says, but I, I had to figure this one out. So not that it matters. should be the same number. 14 and five. The Steelers are 14 and five straight up under Mike Tomlin the week after they lose by 14 or more points. That, that to me says all you need to know. He does. I mean, nobody likes losing big, but Tomlin takes like, takes it personally. Yeah. You know, he's and, playing Baltimore. 
and his teams take it personally. And not only that, for the most part, the Steelers have had the best in this series as of late. They've won five of the past six and 11 of the last 15. You know, there's so much talk about Kenny Pickett not playing. I don't think it matters. Me um, neither. I don't think it matters. I don't think it's that much of a downgrade. I don't think it's a downgrade at all. I think it's about the same. What and what? And uh, I think Najee Harris obviously was a little bit better last week. Look, Tomlin knows he missed uh, missed some chances to use Najee Harris last week. Uh, so I think you'll see a lot of Najee Harris this week. Um, this I think is this, what I, this is what I read on this. kind of game. Go ahead. I, I found that the Steelers are 9-0 overall and 9-0 against the spread past week two of the regular season coming off a 20-plus point loss. Okay. And so the last nine times it's happened, they're nine and no overall and nine okay. and no against the spread. Yeah, and and I just picked fourteen because fourteen to me is more of a realistic number. I yeah. mean, you don't lose by twenty all that much. So I'm like, I didn't even look that up, but that's a great stat too. Twenty. There you go. They have nine and zero. Oh. So and I'll. By the way, he's won uh, of that fourteen and five I mentioned. He's won the last five games in a row following a two touchdown loss. Last time they lost at home in such a situation. Last time they lost at home after losing by 14 the week before, week two of the 2019 season. So it hasn't happened in four years. I don't think it's yeah. going to happen here. I think I don't think the Steelers just cover. I think they win straight up, although I'm going to play it safe and take the four points. Which I was shocked that Houston did that to the Steelers last week. Yeah, so was I. I mean, but uh, look, I'll, I'll have more on that on the in the Bayou Bet show because Gabe, Gabe Henderson will give me all kinds of grief. He's a Houston guy. He loves the Texans. He's a C.J. Stroud fan. I've been dogging on C.J. Stroud. I'm still not convinced. Uh, by the way, uh, you know how you love all this talk about if they redid the draft today, obviously C.J. Stroud would be the first does, pick of. How does that I mean, make four, any sense? It makes zero sense. Well, how would I mean, relevant redo is that? the draft over four NFL games? Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, what, what ahead, sense Carolina. does it make to even talk about that? It do, it doesn't. It's it's stupid. Because it's not going to happen. Well, it's not going to happen, but it's a stupid it's a stupid comparison it's anyway. A, it's a stupid you segment can't, to bring you up. Can't, you can't compare anyone because the reasons why a certain quarterback <laughs> is who he is and where he is is because of what he did over a college career. So you're going to change your opinion off a of four, and we're going to make we're going to make Anthony Richardson a, a better quarterback than Bryce Young off of four NFL games. <laughs> let's just get stupid, why don't we? All right. Speaking of stupid, let's move on. Uh, Kentucky, you're staying on the Kentucky train, going against Georgia. They are, by the way, they're getting a half a point more than you thought they were. Kentucky is getting 15 from the Georgia Bulldogs. Oh, that nice. line continues to go up 22 to win 20. No, nobody believes in Not this Kentucky team stupid, like I do. Really. It's just Georgia doesn't look like Georgia. They haven't covered a spread all year. And this Kentucky team can run the ball. They can stop the run. Right. I mean, I just uh, this is too this many points. Upset, a, upset, upset city. I don't want to go that far because I think Kirby could find a way to win. But 15 is way too many points. Well, like, I think Georgia's living off reputation. Hasn't not living Kentucky off been close? They, I don't know. It wasn't close last year, I don't think. But weren't they close like two years ago? Yeah, two years ago they were close. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. I could see this I mean, being. Georgia couldn't run away from UAB. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. The like Georgia team just ain't, ain't what it was. I'm just I don't saying. think anybody in the SEC is great this year. If I were picking a super upset of the week, a super upset of the week potential, this could be it. I think like if you Georgia, had the super dog like college game. If, made, if it, yeah, if I had the super dog, this would be my super dog, Kentucky. Who's older, you or Lee Corso? Uh, Lee by, by a slim margin. Okay. I've got more of my faculties, I think, than Lee Corso. 
<laughs> that's not saying much, but uh, it is what it is. All right. I have not done well with the teasers this, this year. I've only won one of them so far, but we're going back to the well, and wow, I love this bread one. And butter. I know. It's been a weird year for teasers. Uh, they've... But uh, some people we know do the them. The books are getting many. smarter on teasers. That's why. They are getting smarter, but you know what? We're going to go a little out the box. Usually I like the ones that just cross over the sixes and the sevens. So we're going to do it a little, little bit differently this week. Um, two teams that I think have a potential to win and two underdogs that I think have potential to win. One of them you're not going to like. Uh, but I certainly well, like them with the, with the value that they're going to get. Jacksonville plus 11 and a half against Buffalo. Jacksonville has been sitting in London. Okay. Buffalo's got to go across the pond. Tea just, crumpets, just chilling. They, they came off of this emotional victory against Miami. Aunt Mabel's all over the bills. They think they're great again. It's just like I told you last week, go get the bills at plus a thousand. Cause they're never going to be plus a thousand again. Uh, if you didn't listen, that's your bad. Um, so, and like I said, they're plus 750. Even if they were to lose this game, they still won't go past plus plus a thousand. So you missed the boat on plus a thousand. I like Jacksonville here, plus 11 and a half. I think they at least keep it close. I'm not ready to call for the upset, but I do think it's close. The other half. Yep. You got it right. Um, look, Dallas might not know how to play in the playoffs against San Francisco or anybody else for that matter, but they know how to play against San Francisco in the regular season. When's the last time, Mr. 49er, when's the last time that San Francisco beat Dallas in San Francisco? You know the answer? 90s, 94, I'll give you a hint. The quarterback for Dallas was Troy Aikman, and the quarterback for San Francisco was Steve Young. 1997 is the last time. They have... In the, in the regular season, Dallas has won straight up six of the past seven. Six of the past seven they've won in the regular season. So I don't give a damn. Oh, Dallas chokes in the, in the playoffs. Who cares? This isn't the playoffs. So you're going to give me 10 points and a teaser here? I think, I think Dallas went straight up. I really, I honestly do. I'm not sold on Brock Purdy like everyone else. Um, I still think Dallas is the best team in the Are NFC. Are you sold on Christian McCarthy? Oh, Absolutely. But okay, I'm also well, I'm sold on Micah Parsons being able to s- slow him down too. Is he is he playing? Oh, he's gonna play. He's gonna be ready for this game. Absolutely. You think he's sitting out? Side bet? Side bet? No, no. Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe. We'll talk about it after. I mean, I ain't giving you ten. <laughs> I'm sure. Just give me ten. Give me ten. <laughs> ten. All right. There's my teaser. And by the way, if you don't understand what a teaser means, it means it's like a parlay. The only difference is you get a six-point gift on both your picks. They both have to hit, just like a parlay, though. And it's uh, it's 12 to win 10. In this case, I'm betting 24 to win 20. Jacksonville, plus 11.5 over the Bills. And Dallas, plus 10 over the 49ers. $24 to win 20. All right, moving on to our best bets of the week. You actually have a parlay for your best bet. $25 wins you 66. Uh, I'm taking a Notre Dame over against Louisville. Notre Dame just came off a two. I mean, it's going to be weird to say this, but Duke has a really good football team and a really good defense. Yeah. So it took them, took them a lot to get going against them, and they wound up pushing it and winning it. They barely scored against Ohio State and lost. Louisville is not Ohio State's defense and not Duke's defense. So I just think Notre Dame is going to be refreshed to be playing a defense that ain't as hard as the two they just played. And I think they're going to score – in the thirties. And I think Louisville can score 
enough to get this game to go over easily. Also, I'm taking Arkansas over 63-and-a-half with Ole Miss. I think Arkansas gets out to a big lead here. That's why I'm taking 11-and-a-half. I think Arkansas in the first half is going to come out. Ole Miss is going to be groggy from the big win against LSU and all that. I think it could be like 28-10 to 10 at halftime, something like that. Ole Miss makes a big push in the second half, and this game just flies over. You know what scares me? I, this, I hear we, I'm going to go overthinking myself again. Um, 63 and a half with Ole Miss just seems too easy. I right. mean, I think Arkansas's defense is a little bit better than LSU's. That's really scary to say. That's sad to say. Um, I don't think it's a lot better, but I do think it's a little bit better. I do think they'll be able to slow down Ole Miss enough to keep it on the total under 63 and a half. I don't know. But that, that scares me. But a uh, uh, good value. Again, 25 to 166. I like the Notre Dame Louisville over 54. You have good reasons there. So no reason to, to say you're wrong. Can we just like RIP DBU for LSU? Oh, God. That's long, <laughs> long going. You know, it's ridiculous. I get to go really watch is. that stuff in person this week. Enjoy that. Enjoy that. Uh, no pick there for sure. All right. My best bet is uh, 33 to 130. This is like stealing to me. I mean, everybody is writing off Joe Burrow and saying, oh, the Bengals suck. They stink. They're going to play Arizona. All of a sudden, Josh Dobbs is a good quarterback. He's been in the NFL for seven years. You know how many wins he's got? One. He's got one win. Why is all of a sudden he's like, oh, he looks good? To who? And what have they played? Give me a break. Are they, he had one good game against Dallas. Don't get me wrong. He did play a good game. Why people thought he played a good game last week. I don't think he played a good game last week. He got their asses kicked. If the I mean, 49ers had to win by 40 in that game, if they had, they like, if the only way they get a win is to win by 40, they win by 40 in that game. So are we going to do common opponent here? I mean, look what Arizona did to Dallas, and look what the San Francisco did to Arizona. No, we're not. Okay, that now doesn't you still mean think Dallas, Dallas is, is that doesn't mean Dallas anything. Is the best team in the NFC. Yeah, I still think Dallas is the best team in the NFC. I mean, Look, it's week five, so, I mean, I may change my mind, but this is what I said in week one. So I'm not one of these idiots who's going to, like, say, oh. I mean, like, one, a guy that we listen to, I'm not going to call him out by name here, but there's a guy that we listen to and have listened to for many, many years, okay? He's, he's made tons and tons of money supposedly betting on football, and I believe him. I have no reason not to believe that he hasn't won tons and tons of money and bets Thousands and thousands of dollars where you and I bet 20, 30, 40, 100 bucks, okay? But he had Dallas as his number one team before the season, after week one, and after week two. And when they lost to Arizona, all of a sudden they were like the ninth like best seven. team in the league. <laughs> yeah. what a, I mean, get the hell out of here. I mean, you, you're an idiot. I mean, you, the team doesn't have – any team in the NFL can lose to any other – Kansas City could lose to the Jets. They showed last week – they came close to losing to the damn Jets. I mean, whoever your worst team in the NFL is. I mean, Kansas City could lose to the Texans. I mean, it, look what happens. I mean, it just uh, it, it really bugs me. Anyway, that being said, Cincinnati's <laughs> going to go to the desert here. This is about the time last year when they went on a roll, started a 10 of 11. We went through the same thing with Cincinnati last year. What's wrong with the Bengals? They suck. Well, you know what I did? I went and put a big bet on them. They're plus 650 to win the AFC North right now. Plus 650 to win the division. Are you insane? Are you, who, is, who is insane enough to give me plus 650? They're also plus 3,000 to win the Super Bowl. I also put a bet on that too. 
if you want to give me free money, go ahead and give me free money. Speaking of free money, I've rambled long enough. Cincinnati, Joe Burrow is going to have a great game this week. I love Chase. I love Mixon. I love Boyd. I love Higgins. I love Joe Burrow. They're going to make this defense look like the fools that they are. They're nothing special. They're 26th in the NFL in total defense. Bengals 34, Cardinals 13. You heard it right here. So you're going to make me play a bunch of Joe Burrow stacks in DFS this week. I'm just saying. Nobody's going to want to play Joe Burrow because they. For, I, I just don't understand why people think that Arizona's defense is any good either. I keep hearing, you know, Arizona's defense isn't that bad. Josh Dobbs isn't that bad. Well, if you want to play Josh Dobbs in the Arizona defense, you go right ahead. They're yeah. 26th in the NFL, and Josh Dobbs has one the NFL. The defense looked that great last week. Yeah, they looked great. They looked wonderful. They could, boy, McCaffrey. Could have probably scored eight touchdowns if he wanted to. Yeah. I mean, I probably would have won my. I was shocked game. they didn't give him the five. I know. That's out of record. I mean, why do you sneak Purdy up the middle yeah. and then they give it to Juszczyk to play before that? Kind of pissed me off. They love know. Juice though. Oh Lord. Anyway. All right, I'm all right now. It's first bye week. Are you, how are you thinking? The bye. You enjoying uh, bye week? I can't believe they got buys already. I know. Week five. What did they do to deserve a bye? I still say, and I'm not kidding. Here's my idea for buys. They ought, to have, they ought to go to the 18-week schedule. They have 20 weeks seasons, and they have everybody has a bye in the same two weeks. Whatever weeks you want, make sure, wouldn't you just crave the end? Wouldn't you just be, when they came back that next week, you'd just be eating it up? Aunt Mabel would be eating it up even more. Yeah. And I think you know, t- today starts every day you can have football until November 21st. You always tell me when that is. I like yep. I like it. All right. It's like fifty four days in a row, whatever it is. All right. Does that mean the next time next day we don't have without football is the day before Thanksgiving. All right. Well we'll cry on that day because we'll be probably recording a show because we're not gonna <laughs> do a show on Thanksgiving. All right, Uncle Big Nick, enjoy you. Uh, where you going this weekend? Mizzou. Oh, Mizzou. Okay, LSU Mizzou, that's right. Yeah. All right. Well, I do an away trip every year and this is the away trip. I hope the right tigers win. Yeah. Not the black and gold ones, that's for if, sure. If they don't, we'll talk to you next week. If 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 and not only that. Next week we'll be, I'm going to Vegas. So. Well, yeah, you know, I know. But uh, if if the wrong Tigers win this week, not only will you have a, a rough trip back, but some guy named Zach Ewing will probably be blowing up our phones. Yeah, and then if if you're right, I'll have a rough Sunday night too. So we'll yeah, see. We'll, we'll see. Hope it's not that bad of a weekend for you. Get one out of two. I'm sure we'll text. Yeah. Talk to you later. Oh boy, Uncle Big Nick. He doesn't care one iota about the New Orleans Saints. Nor should he, I guess. All right. Um, I think I pretty much covered it. I think I pretty much covered everything I would cover, would have covered on Monday. I know it's harsh. I mean, there's a reason why Phil Anselmo says in the beginning, I'm always going to tell you what I think or tell you the way that it is the way that I think it is. I want someone to tell me the way that I think it is is not the way that it is. It could be anybody. Anybody who thinks the way that I think it is is not the way that it is right now, feel free. Um, you know, we had some comments. I actually got some uh, emails this week. Uh, I will read them tomorrow. Um, Don Hoffman sent me an email. Bill Vetter sent me an email. Um, I got another email somewhere, and I don't. O'Brien Horner 
sent me an email. So I got some emails. Um, I'll read them on tomorrow's show. Derry at theadvocate.com if you want to add your, yours to the list. Um, I, will, I don't know whether I'm going to add it to the live show and talk about it with Larry Holder. The emails are using it in my mon- probably use it in my monologue. So wherever you're listening now, if you want to watch the live show, Larry and I, uh, we will be on all the bet.nola and nola.com uh, social media channels tomorrow at uh, 10 a.m. live. YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. My Twitter is at Jim Derry Jr. It'll be live there as well, uh, 10 a.m. Uh, and then come back here and wherever you get your podcast, if you're listening here, you know how to get it because you found it here, uh, as well as my SoundCloud page. Just search for the Datitude Podcast, which, again, you've already done. You know how to do. That is going to close out the show today. You know, sometimes I feel guilty for being as harsh as I am. I kind of feel that way now. I like Dennis Allen. Again, I don't know Pete Carmichael from Adam, but I probably would like Pete Carmichael. I hear he's a nice guy. But you know what? It's not helping our football team. Two and two, it's not the end of the world, but it's not acceptable either because not just because they're two and two, but because the way they played in those games that are two and two. They were lucky to win in week one. Let's face it. Be realistic. They dominated in week two. They deserved to win that, but they were lucky to win in week one. They could easily be one and three right now. And now they're going to play a pissed-off Bill Belichick who doesn't lose very often, who doesn't get his ass kicked like he got it kicked in Dallas last week. I know Mac Jones isn't any good, but they're going to play a lot better. They're not going to hesitate to go to Bailey Zappi if necessary. Their defense is going to be really good. It would surprise me if either team scored over 20, and it would shock me if either team scored 27 or more. That's where we are. I'll give my official prediction tomorrow, although if you really want to go check it out, my NFL Picks column is live on bet.noah.com. We will see you tomorrow with a whole new show. I'm going to be way more upbeat tomorrow, whether I pick the Saints or pick against them. I will be way more positive. No more, at least for tomorrow, I'm going to get off my soapbox. Oh, you know what? Maybe I say that and I may jump right back on. Who knows? We'll have to see tomorrow (laughs) because Larry Holder will be here and uh, you will be here and we'll have a great time. Until then, peace and love, my friends.